episode number 68. Can't pull that off. <laughs> All right, you ready? I'm Clay Lowe. And I'm Sarah Beth Hunt. You're listening to the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast. Where we get together once a week over coffee to talk about the big questions of life. Let's get into the show. Hello, I'm so happy to see you here. I know, it's been a long time since we heard the clinking and clanking of dishes. <laughs> True, but also the last time I spoke to you, you were about to go off and hunt zombies, so I was worried. You was worried that I might not come back? Well, I actually know I wasn't that worried that we were going to come back. <laughs> yeah. I'm feigning worry. I was pretty confident. Yeah. No, it was good. It was a good um, so, experience. So where yeah. were you, actually? So it was it's called Zombie Experience, uh, and they have them all over the, over the UK, actually. <laughs> that uh, sounds like something I will never do. Oh, you've got to do it. And they've no. Got, right, you've, got to, you've got to. They've got various different versions of it. they got, like, an asylum one, and they've got the zombie one. But the one I did was took place in an abandoned building, four-story building uh, in Birmingham. And essentially it's that. You got to clear the building of zombies, rescue some scientists and stuff that were in there and find some of some, you know, the team that went in before you kind of thing. That's the kind of scenario that laid out. Um, but it starts out pretty intense. As in, as soon as you come in, uh, they throw a bag over your head. So it's like you're, you know, and if you've, if you're claustrophobic or you're suffering from PSTD, then it might, you know, Trigger launch an stuff. episode. Yeah, 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 because, I mean, they literally, they make you line up on the bar, they put a bag over your head, and you're not allowed to speak or talk, and they frisk you to make sure you don't have any contraband. Um, and then you're in that thing for like a half an hour or so. I had this bag over my head. Went up in an elevator. So you're really disoriented, basically. Right. Um, but it was interesting. It was very, very interesting. Um, I relayed the this story. This wasn't like VR. This is like the no, zombies is real. are real yeah. people. Well, this is it. There was okay. um, there was only one female that came um, that was in this group group, and and I guess that, and it was, well, it was two females. One that was a cadre member. One that was a part of the team that I ended up being in. Um, and so the lady made her the team leader, uh, which is cool. I'm I'm all happy with that. And uh, but just. We were having a last-minute briefing. They brought a zombie out on the chain, and it's like, a rah, rah. Um, and then we were, our team got in the elevator, and then our team leader, this lady, she jumped out and said, I'm not going down there. She quit. But, but you don't <laughs> think that that was all set up? No, no, she, was, she paid good money to be there. And she quit, she quit, and her boyfriend jumped out with her. And then Are you sure that fun. wasn't set up? Absolutely, because okay. later on, later on, about halfway through it, um, we had to go link up with, basically she was terrified. So they took a staff member to make him stay with her in case they had to take her out again. Even at the end, when they turned the lights on, she was, a, was a refusing to, she was getting scared even just to, you know, we do pictures. She wouldn't even take a picture with one of the zombies. I mean, she was that freaked out. I don't even know why you would do this. This is what I'm saying. I will never do something like this because I don't (laughs) need it. It's already in my head, man. I don't even know why she would even bother. I mean, she was that sketchy. She wouldn't even... Yeah, that's me. That's me, me, though. And we're taking pictures. And she's like... that's me. Getting ready to freak out. So literally, they had this guy come back. They tagged it so that he could... If she started freaking out again in the dark. Because it was dark. There was no light down in where we were at. He could kind of take her away. I mean, it sucks because we pay all that money and then you come and not even have an experience. Probably more, she probably felt guilty because her boyfriend was going to be missing out as well. So, but anyway. All right. Well, anyway, you killed the zombies. <laughs> well the done. Zombies. Okay. What are we talking about today? 
So we're talking about nature today, and I think we're both campers, and it was my last camping trip just a couple of weeks ago, actually. Uh, such a contrast from killing zombies to camping, right? <laughs> and so a few weekends ago, we went on one of our uh, fam- yeah, family sort of camping, and as we were... St- we had our tent set up already and everything's all set. But as I was looking out of the field at other people arriving and coming, I thought, why the heck are all these people congregating in this field to set up the tent? Because everybody, I'm sure, in that field had a house, a nice house with you know walls and running heat water and running and water and stove and TV. And here we were because it was kind of cloudy and it was a little bit rainy as well in this field setting up house and i was thinking why why what is it that drives us to want to do that yeah we, we're just coming out of the season of camping isn't it at the end of the summer so mm. yeah well yeah for done a lot of normal people but i camp during the winter as well so yeah yeah well i i uh i'm not a very good tent and sleep on the ground camper no but um we own a camper van so, so you, some, you did the glamping business, didn't well, you? Well, yes. It's sort of glamping, except that it's kind of the glamping when something breaks down all the time, and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so there's that aspect. So, but, yeah, so um, I was really yeah. just, you know, I guess it was, what is it that draws people back to do something like that? Um, my initial thinking is, is it, because I, you know, I, I, like, I know we like to think that we're evolved, and we're no longer part of the lower food chain, and but we're animals deep down inside. And so I think that there's something in our nature that says that's not, that's maybe buried and forgotten, but it's still there and operating. So you almost feel drawn to be in the outdoors, drawn to, you know, reconnect with our sort of true self, if that's, if I can make that bold of a mm. statement to say connect. It's fun. It's interesting because, you know, they, they were saying that, you know, camping and, and all that kind of stuff is is on the rise, especially after the recessions yeah. of recent years, and people maybe have less disposable income to go abroad or go on bigger holidays, and so they end up going, you know, camping or something. And, you know, actually, the people that... This is just anecdotal, but the people that I've spoken to who that has been the case for are, have really embraced it. Like, oh, yeah, you know, we're not taking a big vacation this year, but it's really nice to just... So there, I think what you're saying is right, and I think that um, it's it's getting drummed out of us. But actually, when we're sort of forced into it again, like for financial reasons, maybe as well, even if that's not your first choice for a, you know vacation time, then I think people actually really love it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure you got both sides of people that absolutely hate it, you know, (laughs) those that love it. But if you think about how much time we spend indoors, um, especially if you live in like big cities and stuff like that, because that's a lot of times what you you get. In fact, in this camp site that we're at, you know, someone drove in there up in their like expensive Jag type car. You're thinking, what are you doing with that kind of car here? And, you know, these four glamorous ladies jump out to come. I think they were doing some... They just wanted to go drink in the nearby town or whatever, and they were just sleeping here or whatever. But, okay. Um, yeah, they didn't look like they were normal campers. Um, although they did put their tent up relatively quick and fast and easy, well, so yeah, you never know. You can't, it, yeah. that can't judge a book by its cover. Um, so I think um, we spend so much time indoors and, and, and away from nature that you kind of want to kind of get away from your normal space. So one of the articles that that we, we read and 
I think they make a good point that um, when you go camping, then it forces you to slow the pace of life down. Um, so if you stay at home, then you're still going to be doing the housework. If you got young kids and you're doing all that, running around and all that sort of stuff. But to go camping, especially if you go somewhere where there's no, you know, more Wi-Fi and that kind of stuff, you slow the pace of life right back down and you almost have to work as a community within your your your, your network of your friends or family that you've come with because you guys get the house set up you got to cook and you got to talk to, you know you got to talk to each other do you know there's nothing else to yeah. do you're kind of there you're in the field or you know you're in the wood wood line yeah. um and it brings that pace of like life back down there's almost that connecting reconnecting with self and nature and community in, in that sense yeah i think yeah no that's my experience of it and it, it's i think there's like you're saying there's more to the slowing down than just going on holiday because if you're just going you know on vacation somewhere like you know beachside staying in a hotel or a rental accommodation or whatever you, you do take away all the things that you would have to do in your house like all the kind of you know, when you're in your house, like, you just... There's always stuff to do, you know? Yeah. There's always, like, laundry to do. There's always dishes to clean up and stuff. But, um, you know, I think it, it's, it takes... Camping takes it even more to another level of simplicity. There's really... You know, you've got no TV. You've got none of these other kind of flashy things. And, and when we're talking camping, we're talking tent and... Or camper van, I suppose. I'm just thinking that some people go with the caravan but even with, I guess what I'm trying to say some people go with the caravans and they do bring the TV and they get all that stuff yeah that's them. true yeah um, but but so I guess but even that even if you're caravanning let's say uh, it does change the pace of life a little bit I mean you've, yeah. you you know you have I think once you have all that stuff once you have that it, there, you know I think the thing with our camper van is it's small it's you know an old school kind of yeah, 80s like nice. camper van there's a little stove and you know so it's like it's sort of like camping only you don't have to break down your tent every day but you don't have a lot of amenities you yeah, know yeah. whereas once you start getting into things where you have a satellite dish on your thing i think you, you were not talking about stuff like you that because then all your yeah. distractions come with you and you, you yeah. you're not really connected to the whole point i think anymore yeah. Um, it's just a cheap getaway. Yeah, and I, but I do think for, for me and for our experience, and a lot of our, uh, the majority of our camping, although we've been down into France and stuff, has been up in Scotland, you can really wild camp out in places and have a view in the evening and then first thing in the morning that you would p pay just extortionate amounts of money to have at a hotel or something like that yeah. and you're completely on your own you know it's just like these views that we've woken up to of the sea and and it's really been one of my main experiences of being in a place where you can't see civilization oh i love those so do some that's wild really, really nice it's really nice and you know there's just been a few nights where you're either well, what in do a, you learn a, about yourself when you're out there? When, you, when you're wild camping and you wake up to a vista like that or you're just in that sort of space, what is it? The thing I notice is the quiet. Okay. 
I think that's the thing I noticed. And I mean, of course, like in recent years, there's a lot of camping that we've done with the kids, which yeah. has been kind and of you hardcore. Mean but quiet as in no cars type quiet or quiet as in yeah. Yeah, quiet I mean, in your head or both? Both, I think. I th- but I think there's that um, our lives are actually really noisy. You know, okay. in city life and kind of town life, it's just really noisy. You've always got cars going on and stuff in the background that you don't even notice is there, but that you're filtering out constantly. And I do find, see, this is like, you know, last week you're giving me like, you know, a hard time about the music thing, but there, there's something about silence that I, I really crave in my life and don't have much of with two boys in the house, but, but you, you know, know that, that's just a, real, me. a real profound, like nature sounds don't have that penetrating quality to them. Do you know what I mean? Kind of, sort of. I'll agree and slightly disagree a tiny little bit. Um, It's a different sound. And an experience that I had in the jungle, and and I was remote as you could be, but it was Mm. so loud. You wouldn't believe. So loud. Yeah, that's true. Do you know what I mean? All the creatures. And it was, but it was amazing. It was amazing. Well, it was crazy because it was so loud. <laughs> but it was amazing to because as the night goes through in a day, the sounds change based on what animals yeah. and insects and things that are out um, to do. Yeah, to do whatever they do during their time slot. But that was that was probably <laughs> one of the loudest places I've been with all that jungle noise. If you want real silence, have you ever jumped out of an airplane? I'm not doing that either, Clay. If you want silence, silence, do some skydiving. Once yeah. the chute comes open, that was my very first jump. It was two shocks. One just jumping out of the plane and free falling, right? <laughs> but the one other shock, the big shock, was when the chute opened and it was suddenly so quiet. But it was like no noise. I was like, I don't know what I was expecting, but I was not expecting that kind of silence. Yeah, the, I mean, I, I've done um, paragliding before, mm. so there is that kind of, it's probably not as quiet, and you are closer peaceful. to the ground, but it is really yeah. slow and peaceful, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. cool. So, uh, so, there's a couple of things, I, well, I don't know, there's a number of different ways to go on this, because I'm thinking, we get there, you get your camping, and I find that... The longer the camping trip is, the more you start to revert back to self or something closer to your inner mm. self. Um, I did the Camino, the 500-mile mm-hmm. walk thing in northern Spain. And Did you walk the whole thing? I did a good portion of it, okay, but we right. ran, just ran out of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the thing that I noticed, one is the rhythm... But it was the first three days, you still have awe, and we're talking about noise, so when I was asking about was it outside noise and inside noise, but there was a lot of internal noise. So the first day, you're still thinking about home, you're thinking about this, you're thinking about work, you're thinking about your whatever problems you got. And so the first three days, there's all that noise inside of your head. And then by the third day, all that extra voices, all that thinking about other people and things just sort of quiet down. And then, you know, after sort of day four, five, and six, and then I found that the experience that I had anyway, it was there was no noise in my head, mm. and it was a very simple life. I get up in the morning and quickly pack, and we didn't have much stuff. That was the whole beauty of the whole pilgrimage thing. So you just had whatever you can carry in your back, and it was very small. So you're supposed to do it with the 
you know, like a 35, you know, no bigger than a 35 liter pack. So very small, very minimal. So you don't really have any stuff except the toothbrush and the one change it under it, that kind of thing. Um, but you just get up, you grab something to eat, and then you usually get a roll and some salami or something that you're going to have for lunch. And then you walk. You walk for four or five hours, and then you stop, and then you have lunch, and then you walk for another four or five hours to the evening time. But just that rhythm and that pacing. Do you and find that that's the same when you go camping in a field? Yeah, I've, I find when I've, when I've gone camping, even if it's like a campsite with lots of other people around, after for several days, one, you get to know your fellow campers that are around you. But the, um, your ordinary world starts to fade away. So all the things that you were thinking about when you were at home and all the problems at work, I find those things just start to, mm. you kind of almost time slows down and almost gets to a point where it doesn't exist anymore. So I had that experience on the Camino as well, where it was just like, don't know what day it is or yeah, necessarily yeah, yeah. what time it is, apart from, you know, the sun and that sort of thing. But yeah, so time completely slows down and all the noise quiet and your ordinary world kind of fades off. And you're, So when we talk about presence, and you're talking about being, you know, a lot of people do mindfulness and things like that, I think going camping or hiking, especially if you do it remote, you know, do it for an extended period of time and you'll know what mindfulness is like because your there's body... There's nothing else to do. Well, and, and, yeah. and almost not in the sense of there's nothing else to do, as in, yes, there's nothing else to do, but the positive connotation of that as in there's no distractions, I guess, as yeah. opposed to nothing else to do, so you're yeah, bored, right. so I might as well yeah. be there. I think the distractions go, and then you actually start to feel who you are yeah. and sort of reconnect with yourself in, in that, that sort of space. Um, so I, I think the beauty of it for me is that whole slowing down, reconnecting with self, the voices, and I got lots of voices in my head. Yeah, don't we all? <laughs> People act like they're, it's uh, crazy to say that, but uh, it's I only because they haven't that. they haven't yeah, noticed yet. Exactly. Okay, so I'm going to ask you about remote camping, but let's take a break, and then I'll I want to hear more about kind of because you've done a lot of like lone camping and stuff, and yeah. that's something that I haven't really okay done. So yeah. The Havana Cafe Sessions podcast was created to carve out space for contemplation in the middle of our busy week. Inspired by the very ancient idea that wisdom and principles of conscious living can be found through conversation, Clay and I started meeting over coffee at the Havana Cafe. From these meetings, the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast was born. And as an independent so, um, podcast, I think it is supported by listeners like you. When you're Here's saying how you can you're help getting us back to support the show and, and mindfulness, and I think one of the things to explore that the big I really like about going camping is First and most importantly, the simplicity you can that share we, the podcast you know, with friends on it, Facebook, and, you know, in the articles, there's a lot about you know the benefits of like unplugging from your phone and from your leave a review for us on iTunes, or you can support the show for as little as a couple of pounds or dollars a month. That's less than the coffee you're drinking right now while listening to this show. By going to HavanaCafeSessions.co.uk, and there's like a lightness to hope you're enjoying this episode, including like the food, simple, you know, and yeah, I think you know. So, so I think that's there's something there's kind of a stripping away of all the frills and you know stuff that's nice to have, 
you know, most of the time, but it's also really nice to know that you don't need it or, or to experience what life is like it's without very basic, it. Is it? Even yeah. like even things like shower, you don't you know, you're not even getting a lot of those either, do you? No. Do you know something that I find for my sleep is so much better and so much littler. Even though I don't sleep a lot. How do you now. sleep less than you do now? I I don't know, but when I go out to the field, I remember in the army as well at this, I just didn't need that much sleep, like a couple of hours and then that was it. But I would be so rested. So mm. so my pattern was kind of weird because I'd be up at like two or three in the morning, but wow. like wild, wide awake. Interesting. Um, like fully recharged, which is just, I just sleep so sound. I think, I mean, people did s- do say that a lot, that they get out and, you know, in, I don't know, there's a fresh air kind of Mm. myth or I don't know if it's, a, it's not really a myth but you know in Britain people like to say you know the fresh air the fresh air yeah. you know <laughs> getting out in it is uh, a challenge sometimes um, but you know I, for me the whole going to you know when it when it gets dark I mean that's the thing about camping when it gets dark there's not a whole lot to do you just end up going to sleep because it's like nine o'clock yeah that is that is true that is true that's the reason you would stay up but i do think storytelling isn't it we missed that from our ancestral days like i used to liken this podcast and and radio to the 21st century campfire because you just gather around and you guys are sharing stories of your day and what happened yeah steven's a real one for making fire and it's really hard to find campsites that'll let you have fires these days. Yeah, so yeah. that's like we that is true. purposely have to go to a place where you can have. There's no yeah. no point for me with no fire, no no yeah. me. Yeah, there yeah, yeah. Because it's but it does really suit me because there is that kind of you know, you rarely stay up that late, hmm. but you also rise. You know, it's it it kind of you're just more in touch with the fact that it gets dark and then it gets light. You, you know, and you rhythm, get up. Don't but, you? So you yeah. lose the time. And I think that's the whole thing. You lose the... The so clock time. The clock time is very artificial, isn't it? And it's yeah. very kind of built off the industrial revolution bit where you had the factories. And yeah. So like the watch is probably one of the most the terrible inventions because we rule our lives by uh, the watch. But it was mainly, if, you know, because of that industrial revolution and the machine. So it's very mechanistic and machine-like. Yeah eat at this time, have lunch at this time, sleep at this, you know. Whereas when you go camping, you lose that. You eat when you're hungry. You're yeah. up with the light of this, you know, the sun coming yeah. up. Yeah. Um, you know, you settle down when the sun's gone down, have, have a fire, but then after a bit, you, you know, you, you, you yeah, you, <laughs> you just kind of start to fall into a more natural yeah. rhythm that's not ruled by the watch or the clock I think the other thing I really love about it is that I I actually read and again I'm, this is kind of coming back to me now that my kids are a bit older but I often find that you know the the all the chores and all the stuff that we fill our time with I feel like reading for me is one of the things that really gets squeezed out and it's one of the things that I absolutely need to fill mm. me so you know, when you when you're out camping and stuff, there's a lot of just like downtime where there's not just, there's just not a lot going on, and it it's almost like I can feel in my head myself going, oh, maybe I should do this. Should I prepare dinner? Should I, should I do this? And then you're kind of you realize the insanity of that line of thinking because there really is nothing to do yeah. in that 
you know, line of thinking. And you're like, oh, I, I can actually just read my book. Oh, you yeah. Sit you can sit on this, this <laughs> chair and just read my book out under the, you know, trees or whatever. No, absolutely. So, you, again, you... It's that slower pace, isn't it? That yeah. sort of brings you back to that space. And you were going to ask me I was, about... I wanted to ask you about camping. your experiences kind of lone camping and yeah. stuff. Because, you know, I mean, you know, this is the same thing why I would never go on the zombie experience. I'm <laughs> such a scaredy cat. Always have been. Right. And I'm always... I'm much more frightened of kind of you know, ghosts and mythical creatures. And, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not that worried about things that might actually happen to me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that would really prevent me from going on my own. Well, I think it's even better in terms of when you talk about slowing down of time mm-hmm. because you don't even have the rhythms of another person. It's just your complete rhythm as opposed to a rhythm in sync with other people around you. Um, I mean, when you've gone off on your own, do you go to campsites or do you wild camp or is it both? Mix? Yeah, okay. a mix of them. Yeah. So sometimes I'll, you know, it's like completely pared down where I have my little tiny tent and it's, that you can carry in your back and kind of walk and sleep where you sleep. Um, and then other times, yeah, it'll be it'll be one of the campsites where you wouldn't see a car type thing, but mm-hmm. just other backpackers basically, um, which is really nice as well because it's mm-hmm. just. Yeah, <laughs> that's nice. But um, so yeah, so the the solo thing, I I love to get out. In fact, the majority of my hiking experiences and getting out to the mountains, I generally do solo. Okay. Um, sometimes when I'm feeling communal, I'll bring others along. Um, but again, for me, that is that opportunity for my sort of spiritual connection or recenter itself or. You know, it just um, a lot of inward reflection that happens in that. And if I bring another person along, then again, there's the energy dynamics, isn't it, on that, mm-hmm. that sort of space. Um, but yeah, I, I really dig the solo thing. Yeah. Um, and the nighttime, I, you're right, the nighttime's interesting yeah. because, again, I, one of my primal fears is the dark, isn't it? And not the creatures that'll be out in the dark. And that's just. You know, that was, that's kind of in us and bred in us, isn't it? So hence we have fire to keep out the darkness. Yeah. Um, but yeah, your mind could quickly um, play tricks on you. But one of the things, like, like in the Army, my days as an infantryman, everything that we did in maneuver-wise, like as infantrymen, because it gets spotted easily, so it was all in the dark. So I'm, so I'm very comfortable with walking around in the dark without a light. In fact, I hate it when people have their flashlights when we're walking around in the dark but um, yeah so it blinds you actually Wham, it yeah. messes up your you actually can see much better than you think in yeah. the dark yeah. if you let your eyes get accustomed well, to and it the th- and the thing I really like one of the things that you know there's a lot of things that occur to you that are really obvious once they occur to you when yeah. you're camping like the fact that it's rarely dark at night you know, because when you're out, yeah, yeah. there's moon and stars. And so only on the dark days of the moon is it really actually quite dark. Yeah, or if and you're so in the forest, it's quite dark. That's true. And the forest <laughs> is quite dark. Yeah, that's true. The forest yeah. is a whole other story, especially yeah, yeah, if it's yeah. overcast and you're in a really thick yeah, forest. Right. Yeah. Then it's really dark. I had but, you know, um, but it, you know, it just, it, <laughs> I always think of it just, it's dark and then you can't see. Yeah. But it, it surprises me then when you get up in the night how bright it can be yeah if all the stars are out it can be really bright i have my story of how dark it can get in the trees because my battle buddy peed on me 
once. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was really dark, and, uh, and you just can't see. The next thing I think, I feel all this warmness. And he was sat there, or standing there, peeing on me. It's like, ah, which kind of sucks, because we're in the middle of nowhere, and, I'm, and i got to walk around now <laughs> smelling of his pee. But, yeah, that's, a, that's a interesting stuff in the dark. That is pretty dark. Yes, that is yeah. dark. <laughs> yeah. um, so I wanted to read... A, piece in here because we were talking about the sort of simplicity and the slowing down of life and this is a one of my favorite writers is Jack Kerouac and a host of the Beat Generation and that but the Dharma Bombs is one of my favorite books of his and and primarily because they do spend a lot of time um, talking about this very subject that we're saying here yeah. about getting out and reconnecting with nature get to the mountains and for them it was connecting with your sort of uh, Zen self or your Buddhist self and this passage here is um, you know, I think they're just about to head off into the mountains on this one and he's talking about the um, Zen lunacy so the Zen lunacy bards of the old desert paths see the whole thing in, is a world full of rucksack wanderers Dharma bums refusing to subscribe to the general demand that they consume production and therefore have to work for the privilege of consuming all that crap they didn't really want anyway, such as refrigerators, TV sets, cars, at least the new fancy cars, certain hair oils, deodorants, and the general junk you finally, you finally always see a week later in the garbage anyway, all of them imprisoned in a system of work, produce, consume, work, produce, consume. I see a vision of a great rucksack revolution thousands or even millions of young Americans wandering around with rucksacks, going up into the mountains to pray, making children laugh and old men glad, making young girls happy and old girls happier, all of them Zin lunatics who go about, shout, go about writing poems that happen to appear in their heads for no reason, and also by being kind and also strange and unexpected acts keep giving visions of eternal freedom to everybody and to all living creatures. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, so yeah. escaping to That's the thing, the isn't wilderness. it? It's like when you go up, when you, when you go camping, you go up, you know, into the mountains or mm. up into the wilds. It's like, yeah, all that stuff falls away. All the stuff that you don't actually need yeah. kind of falls away. And, you know, I mean... It's hard because, you know, people are going out for the weekend or you're going for a week, you're going when you, you know, whatever. But, you know, I'm happy I have my house. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, absolutely. especially in the winter. Yeah. You know. Um, but like you're saying, you know, our, our van has been broken kind of or on the on the blink for about two years. And we finally got a new <laughs> engine put in it and it's finally running. So we've had two years of kind of being a bit more disconnected than we normally were from the natural world because that's our way of kind of getting out. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think I, I was asking my husband this morning, like, what do you like about camping? You know, what's the thing? We're going to talk about it today. And, um, you know, he was saying one of his favorite times is in the morning, you know, when you wake up and it's quiet and you don't have anything else to do but just go outside and listen to the birds and kind of watch the world wake up and have your coffee and, you know, really the big chore is like, okay, eventually when you want to make breakfast, you, yeah. you know, you make breakfast and it's kind of, it's a real slow start to the morning, but it's also like you're saying a real connection to just the beauty of, of nature and being out in it and, 
you know, breathing that air and looking out and just having time to just look out. And you're not, you're, you're not in a hurry to, you're not in a hurry. No. There's no, you know, I got to be here, I got to do this appointment, I got to yeah. go to this place before this close. Yeah. I like winter camping because one of the things I like is when you wake up in the, and you're all warm and you go step out into the cold. I love that. Uh, okay. And then I'm going to bring this intellectual conversation right down because my second favorite thing to do when you're wild camping is to take a dump in the woods. All right. That's one of my favorite things. I don't know why. I like going, looking for the perfect tree, digging my little cat hole. And then it's just... It's part of your... Uh, I love it, man. Wild, I love it. That's, wild man out in the woods. That's one of my favorite things ever. I wouldn't say it was one of my favorite things, Clay, but... Especially... And the, the bonus is if it's cold, then that's even better. Oh, man, I love it. So I want to go wild camping now just for that. I think we're all going to let you go wild camp by yourself now. Um, you know, I think that... There is something that even if you're not necessarily a super nature person, there is something that, you know, when you go camping that touches you. It just can't mm. help it. You now, know? We've got around the table a number of different books. That Dharma Bum, I think, is worth reading. And then Thoreau, if people are interested in, in nature, reading Yeah, so he writing. has that article. Yeah. And, you know, there was a really good quote that I thought maybe we could sort of end on or kind of wrap up on, which is um, at the beginning of his essay on nature. And he's talking about how we tend to, and I suppose this is back, you know, a gen- you know two generations ago for yeah. us now. Um, but he's talking about how we love to... Uh, look at the past and kind of eulogize it basically you know so he says our age is retrospective it builds the sepulchers of our fathers um and the foregoing generations beheld god and nature face to face we through their eyes but he ends with why should not we also enjoy an original relation to the universe and i think that's what it is it's like it's an experiential thing being in nature it's not something i mean you can you can talk about it as being important. You can kind of think of all the reasons why it is. You can read books about, you know, there's that Spell of the Sensuous book, which is wonderful. Mm. Just all, you know, there's so many books you can read about the power of nature and stuff. But actually, it's, it's really just about experiencing it and going out and just chilling in it. Yeah. Have you watched any of the Bear Grylls series uh, um, where he takes them out under the island? Mm-mm. Because those are interesting. Because one of you know, his things that he likes to do is to, and he's like the setup for the the show is, have we what have we lost, being so consumed with, yeah, our modern amenities well, and, and all of that sort of thing. Yeah. And so he pretty much maroons them on an island. Yeah. And then they've got to survive to mm. see how they can survive. And he's done it in a number of different iterations. So I think the very first couple it was you know a bunch of, um, like, was it all guys? It may have been all guys, um, but he's since mixed it up. So he's had some where he's actually had two islands, one with all men and one with all women to see how they yeah. how they each yeah. survived, you know, separately yeah. as a group. Um, then he's had one where they're separated, but then they got to join. And then what's the dynamic right. when you then have men and women trying to survive? And I mean, they don't have they got very little food, and they've got to find their word and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that's been interesting. 
fantasy. Yeah, yeah, and of course, that's like, you know, getting into the topic of kind of extreme camping, because then, of course, you have all these, like, the survival things. You have um, the vision quest stuff where you're supposed hmm. to walk up a mountain and live for three days by yourself. No oh, do you know what we've got to do? What? We've got to do the um, Kata Idris. Kata Idris. Yes. Yeah. The because, walk. well, the walk, but the overnight, if supposedly it's haunted... Mm. Got some witch or something. Oh, forget it, Clay. Now listen, Stop. And you, so they say you either, if you survive, you either come down out of that night a madman or a poet. So we've got to do that. Ugh. Yes. You've just said a witch, and now I can't go. That's on our list now. We're going to go. Oh, my God. I'm not fighting zombies. I'm not jumping out of no, an airplane. No, we're going to go see. So we've got to see that. We've got to go there and see what happens. One, if we see the witch, and two, whether you come become a madman or a You poet. should have presented that differently to me well, when well, you said which, thing. now I'm Well, scared. no, exactly. That's even better. So you can have the terrors of the night in your mind. <laughs> have you watched? How is that better? And if we're going to do that, we should watch the Blair Witch. Don't say the Blair Witch we Project. Can, we should watch the Blair Witch Project I'm not Project watching the Blair Witch Project ever in my life. <laughs> it's already in my head. I already have the Blair Witch Project uh, in my head. That actually would be so Okay, fun. we're going to have to part ways. <laughs> Let's have another coffee so we can repair our relationship. I think that would be brilliant. Watch <laughs> that and then go spend the night out on that mountain. I'm going to send you. And see what happens. All right. Let's go camping. Yes, I'm down. Yeah. I am down. All right, go camping, everybody. So, yes. Definitely get out if you can. More than a couple of days, I think you get a real sense of the slowing down of time and connecting. Um, but any time out, I think away from all your stuff is a a good time out. Yeah. Yeah. Be interested to hear other people's views on the out, the Family great outdoors. camping, the great outdoors. Yeah, just yeah. the great outdoors. There's some people yeah. that playing house hate the whole oh. sort of idea of camping yeah. and being out because you think yeah well, why do we have houses what do i need to go camping for <laughs> all right sounds good this episode of the habana cafe sessions podcast is brought to you by people just like you wonderful listeners so thank you very much if you have a spare second and you want to click over to itunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review or just some stars that really helps us out a lot and helps other people find us who might enjoy the show. And if you would like to contribute to the show, then you can contribute as little as a pound an episode or less than a coffee an episode. Um, If you head over to HavanaCafeSessions.co.uk and click on the contribute button, you'll find all kinds of different ways that you can help us out. Thank you so much if you have already contributed in some way or if you're thinking about contributing and really even just telling other people who you think might enjoy the podcast or um, joining in the conversation is very, very helpful. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Sarah Hunt, and on behalf of Clay Lowe, goodbye, and we'll see you next week.